we're back for a Cash Medi podcast. We got some baseball as officially the lockout is over. I've been wanting to do a Padre podcast for a long time, but there wasn't really much to talk about with the lockout. I'm just so happy that we don't have to deal with this bullshit anymore. I'm so sick and tired of the fucking media. The media sucks. And the media, the national media sucks in sports. And it's even probably worse in politics. Wherever side you're on, I don't care. You could be in the middle. I don't give a flying fuck. It's just, it's just lies after lies. But I'm not going to get into that crap. Let's talk some Padre baseball. We're finally going to get a season going. Uh, I, uh, I guess it's going to be 162 games. I mean, whatever. At least we're going to play some ball. But tonight, I wanted, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I think going into this 2022 season for the San Diego Padres, I think it's all on AJ Preller. I think it's make or break for AJ Preller. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs this year, he needs to fucking go. No chance he can come back if they don't make the playoffs this year. And he's got a lot of players that you're kind of like on the fence on. You know, he made a shitload of trades. And in 2020, most of his trades looked like they were working out. And then last year, it didn't look like they were working out. Now... Is that the manager that kind of fucked it up? And now we got a legit manager. I think we got probably a top 10 manager in baseball. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Bob Melvin. I think Bob Melvin's going to change a lot. I think the pitching coach is going to change a lot. But there's no more excuses for AJ Preller. Like, this is your roster. This is your team. You get, You know, when Preller first came here and... It was Mike D and Ron Fowler, and it was new ownership, and they wanted to make a splash. And I believe all those trades that they did the first year, I don't believe that that was A.J. Preller that wanted to do that. Now, some people might disagree with me that are A.J. Preller haters, and maybe even, I mean, haters that are just like, hey, no, he made those trades. It's on, it's on his ass. I think the Matt Kemp trade, the James Shields trade, you know, the Justin Upton trade, I believe that was ownership and Mike D telling him, hey, we want fans in the stands, so you just go out and you get some guys that are going to put fans in the stands, and if it doesn't work out, we know that you're really good at drafting, we know that you're really good at building the minor league system, and we'll give you a second chance. That that was my personal you know, feeling on how that all worked. I don't even remember what year Proler came in. Uh, fuck, what was it? Like 2015, 2016? I think it was 2016 when he did all this shit. Um, I just started my vacation, so I've had a cup of cocktails tonight. But so when he did all those trains, like there's no way that a real good general manager that comes from a first-time general manager is going to make a trade and get Justin Upton for one year, and he's going to give up a max free. There's just no way that a general manager is going to do that unless he basically has the permission from the ownership and like, hey, if it doesn't work out, we still have your back. Like, we'll give you another chance. There's just no way, in my opinion. The Matt Camp trade, like, 
you gave up a lot. You gave up Grindall, like you got a guy with bad hips, like I mean, whatever. I don't think that was that terrible of a trade, but you know, you sign James Shields and you give up uh, a draft pick for that and this and that. Like it was a disaster, right? And at the time when it happened, I'll I'll first to admit it and Padre Twitter will never admit when they're wrong, but I'll admit when I'm wrong. At the time, I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, this is cool because, excuse me, like, this is cool because we're actually having an exciting team. And I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I thought they'd win like 90 games or something that year. You know, you got Kimbrell, you had Ben Watt or whatever his name was. The guy would take like a fucking hour to finish one inning. Um, but you had this elite bullpen. You had, uh, I mean, I forget what, what the roster was like, but I thought they were going to win like 90 games, and it, and, and it flopped. You know, you had Andy Green. He sucked. And maybe maybe Bud Black was there. I don't even remember. But, yeah, I think Bud Black was there. And, um, you know, the Will Myers getting him, I thought like, oh, you're getting a young player, but you were trading Trey Turner and that one. Like, you traded your minor league system that was pretty good at the time. I believe it was like top 10 in every little rankings thing. And you basically got rid of the whole thing to get some players. And I just at the time was like, I'm so sick and tired of the Bud Black era of Chase Headley and Nick Hundley and Will Venable and that 72 to 75 win team that was the most boring team ever. And it just... It had no arrow going up, and it just, it had nothing. It had nothing, it had some minor league guys, but it was like, okay, you know, these guys are okay, or pretty good, but there was nothing like, this guy's going to be the stud, you know, down the minors, because they, they had just drafted Trey Turner, so it wasn't like, you know, I got to watch him down in low A or or uh, double A or something and be like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to be really good. So I didn't, I didn't know how good Trey Turner was going to be. And the rest of the guys they traded, like Max Fried, yeah, he was like, I believe he was the seventh pick in the draft. But he already had Tommy John, so you, you just figure, like, he's a Padre, like, he's going to have Tommy John, and he'll have four more Tommy Johns, and his career will be over. And so when they traded him, I was like, uh, that's not that big of a deal. And I was wrong. I'll admit it. I was wrong. It was a disaster. But my point is on A.J. Preller, I don't blame him for that. Because I believe Mike D and Ron Fowler said, hey, if you if this doesn't work out, we basically pushed you to do this and we'll give you a second chance. And then you could do basically you could construct the roster how you want to, because there's no way that you're going to give him. I believe A.J. Preller has gotten two extensions on his deals from this ownership. Well, I think Peter Seiler gave him the other owner uh, extension, but. I believe Ron Fowler gave him an extension like right after, you know, the disaster. In, I think it was 2015 or 16 with that roster where they got Myers, Shields, Kemp, Upton, um, what have you. And then, you know, then he went from his plan of, okay, let's go to the international signing, signing international guys. Let's go to the draft. Let's trade, let's trade all these, you know, any assets we have and let's just build it and it's going to take some time. Fine. That's, that's what they should have done fucking for the last 
20 years they should have been doing that or 15 years, whatever. After 98, like if you're, if you're going to basically sell the farm, you know, where, um, uh, more John Moore's, you know, he got laid and the fans got screwed. You know, he, he cheats on his wife and all the fans get screwed right after he had to sell the team to Morad and Morad fucking has it on a goddamn fucking credit card. Uh, you know, they should have just went into complete rebuild mode and traded everything that you had and suck for three years and just gotten top 10 pick after top 10 pick and go that route. I don't know why teams in, in sports don't go that route. It's like, oh, no, we got to win 68 to 75 games. What the does that do for you? That doesn't do shit for you. Okay. Get a top five pick, you know, get some high school arms, get some high school bats, you know, what have you. And then you got them controllable players for years to come. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is, so then Preller got like basically a second chance. Well, the first chance, I don't think it was his fault. So I think Preller probably came back to him and was like, all right, this didn't work. And Fowler and Mike D were like, okay, uh, now now do your thing. So then Preller gets his chance and he builds this farm system. And he's got the number one farm system for like two, three straight years, whatever. Top five farm system, I think, for like three straight years. Okay, that's great. And then the Padres, you know, sign Eric Hosmer. And I didn't want to sign Eric Hosmer to, a, you know, anything over $100 million. They signed him for 140 And once again, I'll admit I was wrong because I was like, no, I kind of like this. And he's been a disaster. He's been a complete disaster. And then, you know, the trade for Will Myers has is, is been a disaster. And then signing him to his contract has been a disaster. So that part, those two parts, I think, is on Preller. Like, those are negatives, obviously. Because, well, yeah, because, uh, necess- not necessarily... Um, Trading for Myers, I think, was on Preller, but signing him to that extension to me is on Preller. So you've had those two disasters. But then the following season, he goes and he signs Machado. And look, Machado is a great player or a borderline great player, in my opinion. But to me, he hasn't really been worth $30 million, you know, a year. He's been fringe. Like, he's probably worth like 20 25 I don't know. I mean, he's a great defensive player. He's a good hitter. He needs to put those power. He needs to put some more power numbers. You're gonna get paid thirty million a year. I would like you to put up a little bit more power numbers. I know you can't say that on Padre Twitter because they'll just fucking destroy you. And like, there's certain players like you can only rip on uh, Hosmer. If you rip on Hosmer, you're the greatest thing on earth. You rip on anyone else, like or or Fam. You can rip on Fam and Hosmer, but if you rip like on Machado, I'm not ripping Machado, but like. He signed a 10-year deal for $300 million. Like, you could put up a little more than an OPS, I don't know, what is it, around 830, 840 since he's been a Padre? I think it's like around 820 to 830 since he's been a Padre. Like, let's get it over 850, okay? I'll be a little – his defense has been – I didn't think he was as great of a defensive player as he is. He's a fantastic defensive player. And I just – let's get the OPS a little bit higher. I think in 2020, I think he was going to have a monster season. Obviously, it got shut down with the stupid pandemic bullshit. Um, so maybe he would have had, you know, his numbers would have looked better as a Padre in three years. But 
I don't even really know where I was going with that, but okay. So okay, so he signed um, he signed Hosmer first in 2018, and then he signs uh, Machado. Okay, so so now he's got this this minor league system number one, you know, for a couple of seasons, and he signs Machado, and basically he tells Machado, look, we got all these good young players coming up. We got Fernando Tatis. We got all these young pitchers. We're going to be good for the next couple of years. We got these controllable players. Uh, Come sign with us. So Machado comes and he signs. And look, that's um, being a recruiter in some way, like almost like college recruiting. You get the, you know, five-star to come to your team or, you know, basketball or football. Look, he he got Machado. I, I feel like Preller sold him, you know, the vision of the Padres. I think you got to give him some credit. Like we've never signed in San Diego. We've never signed players. Like, I mean, as much as you want to rip on Hosmer, Hosmer was coming off a season. I believe he had a, uh, on base of like over three eighty or something. Like Hosmer was a good player coming into free agency. It wasn't like nobody wanted him or something. Like there were some other teams that wanted him. I don't think other teams were going to give him an eight year deal for a hundred fucking 40 million. But um, I think we had we had to overspend, and we we wanted to say like, "Hey, we're in, we're in, like we're in this hand. We're, we're going to put our chips into the hand." And then he gets Machado. That shows other players like, "Hey, this team's for real." Like, you know, it's almost like when a a, a college football team gets a five star to go over there, and another highly four star. Then the other guy, the other high four-star or five-star is going to look over and go, what the hell's going on over there? Maybe I should go over there. It's kind of like that. So he gets those two guys to come, and he's got this, all this farm system, you know, depth. Like, I, I remember doing a Periscope or podcast. I remember reading off like 12, 13 pitchers. So he's got all these pitchers. He's got good depth. He's got, you know, the best young player in baseball in the minor league systems, Fernando Tatis, or one of the best players. So you got everything going. And then you come into the 2020 season and they fucking, you know, I believe they started off 11 and 12, but I think that had a lot, had a lot to do with um, the pandemic and uh, they go into spring training, then they stop spring training, and you got a first first year manager. Now that that's where that's the first like real strike on me as far as Preller is signing. Um, I don't even remember what, whatever his name is. I I can't even. <laughs> what is the stupid manager? What, what is his name? Whatever he sucked. Um. And he was terrible. And Jace, Jace Tingler, thank, uh, Jace Tingler. And he gets off to a slow start. I believe they were 11 and 12. And Jace Tingler, and I'm like, dude, you can't get a first-time manager when you have a roster that's like on the verge of being really good. And it just, it showed me that maybe Preller can't sign a good manager. And maybe this organization can't sign a good manager. And maybe good managers are looking at them not as much as we as fans are looking at them. And I was like, I was kind of like, God damn, you just can't waste like Machado 
is prime years. Like you can't just like find sign a first time manager and then boom, they go 37 and 23 and they have a really good, you know, 60 game season. And they were the second best team uh, in that 2020 season. They were the second best team. With that said, think about it this way. They played 60 games. They had a great record. I think it was the second best record, at least in the National League. I think it might have been the second best record in baseball. I don't I don't remember. And they played the Dodgers. They lose three games to zero, but I mean, fuck. They they played them kind of tough. I think two of the games were really tough. And they didn't have their number one and number two pitcher. But think of it this way. They played a 60 game season and Lament and Clevenger were going to be out for the rest of the season. I mean, did they even make the playoffs that season? If it was 162 games and those two guys blow out their arms and there's 100 more games to go, I don't know. I mean, maybe at the trade deadline with their number one farm system, they're able to go out and get, you know, whoever they want. And, oh, okay, we can still make the playoffs. But, fuck, you would have to do what they did the following offseason to do that. So maybe he doesn't even make the playoffs that year. If he doesn't, if AJ Preller doesn't make the playoffs in 2020, excuse me, if he doesn't make the playoffs in 2020, we're like, what, seven, eight years into his time here and he has no playoffs? And I understand you had to completely tear it down. And I understand that the ownership kind of fucked him in the first two years of like, hey, go get names, at least in my, my opinion. But fuck, dude. We're coming up on like seven, eight years, eight or nine years, his time here. Like, what if you don't make the playoffs this year? Then what, dude? He's fucking toast. And I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer or anything, but all these guys that are kind of like on the fringe and I'm about to start talking about, because a lot of the trades that he made, I was kind of like, yeah, I was in on it. Oh, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool, but I think he just made too many of them, and he he depleted the the farm system a little too much, and he made too many aggressive moves. Now, let's start with you, Darvish. We're going into this season, and you, Darvish, last year in the first half of the season was fantastic. The second half of the season, he was fucking god awful. I mean, god awful, and no one will say anything on Padre Twitter. You know, about, uh, I mean, everything is just, well, Hosmer sucks. Okay. Darvish got paid $20 million last year. He had an ERA of 4.22. The first half of the season, I thought he was an all-star. I thought he threw a lot of innings. I thought he kind of carried them. I thought, like, because Snell kind of fucked him, and I'm going to talk about Snell. I thought Snell kind of fucked him, and I thought Darvish was like, hey, I'm going to give you six, seven innings. He he had that bulldog mentality like, hey, man, don't worry about it. I'll save the bullpen. I thought he was fantastic, and I thought like his numbers, like I don't I don't remember exactly what his numbers were at the All-Star break, but I, I, I thought to myself, it's better than what his numbers are showing because he's he's going extra innings because the bullpen's kind of taxed and he's kind of like, hey man, I'll throw another, you know, 18, 20 pitches here and I'll I'll kind of save the bullpen. Well, the second half of the season, either one or two things happen. It's either they took the sticky shit off of the ball and he got fucking bombed or he got hurt. I think it was he got hurt. At first, I was like, no, it's the sticky stuff. This guy's not good anymore. We're fucked. 
Because at first I was like, dude, I know he was like, oh, my hips hurt and this and that. And then at the end of the season, when the season was over, Darvish said, hey, my hip was hurt and I'll be, I'll be 100% next year, looking forward to next year. Now, a lot of players will probably say that shit, but I believe a player like Darvish. I don't know exactly where he's from, Korean, or I don't know. I don't know what nationality he, he exactly is. But he looks like those guys are not like Americans. Americans are a bunch of pussies. A guy like Darvish, like, I feel like he's like a man's man. Like, he's, he's not going to make excuses. And when he says something like, I, I was hurt, like my hip was hurt, I believe him. So if he comes back next year and he pitches like a number one or, or just even a number two, I think that's going to change the Padres dramatically. Because the first half of the season, I believe the Padres, I'm not positive. I believe they were either... They were either um, 63 and 47 or 68 and 40, 68 and like 45, something. I don't know. No, not 45. 60. They were like 16 games above, 15 or 16 games above 500 in the first 100 games. And I was like, dude, they're fine. Like, you know, at certain points in the season, I was like, ah, they'll be all right. They'll still make the playoffs. Like, you know. And it just, like, every time Darvish started in the second half, I was like, all right, he's going to throw six, seven innings. He's going to get on a run, and we're going to get on a run. And he just couldn't do it. He'd throw, like, three good innings, and then, like, the fourth, fifth innings, he would just hang his slider, hang his slider, and just get bombed. If the Padres can get Darvish back to just being an ERA of 3.3, 3.5, compared to what his ERA was 4.2, to me, that's going to change a lot, a lot. If he could pitch like he did in the first half or even something close to that, you're, you, Padres are going to be fine. I mean, him and Snell. And then Snell, let's go to Snell. Snell or going back to Darvish on, on Preller. Preller, I didn't think he gave up shit to get uh, Darvish. So I was like, yeah, I'm all in on that. And then a guy came on, um, I don't know if it was... Live stream I did. I don't know. Uh, uh, space or something. And the guy said, no, they gave up some some guys down in low A or, or uh, in the Arizona Fall League that are pretty good for the Cubs. I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't kept track of that. But to me, the Cubs probably just got rid of him for his contract. We're paying the motherfucker $20 million and he had an ERA of 4.22. Sorry, fellas, but that ain't going to cut it, dude. You need to get that ERA lower than 3.5. And it needs to be around 3.3. I know some fucking motherfuckers are going to listen to this and say, ERA doesn't matter. It's ERA plus or some other Siri number or fan graph number. Shut the fuck up, dude. ERA matters big time. I don't want to hear your bullshit. All right. The next guy that... You know, where I'm kind of on Preller, like, to make or break this year, motherfucker, is Snell. Snell, first half of the season, was fucking garbage. Absolutely garbage. To me, he cost the team so many fucking wins that I'll tell you when I thought the Padres were in a little bit of trouble. I went in going into the last season thinking that they were going to be the second best team in all baseball. 
I thought, okay, it's going to be the Dodgers are going to be better than them, and they're going to be the second-best team in baseball. We're going to fucking beat the shit out of teams. We're going to win, you know, 95-plus games, and then we're going to face the Dodgers in the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. If, you know, Snell and Darvish are on, we got a shot. Snell went into last year. We went into um, the Pittsburgh series. I want to say it was in May. And Morahan... Um, Blows out his arm, throw, has a Tommy John. I think he gets two outs in the top of the first. And then the bullpen has to go eight and a third to finish the game, right? And I think the Padres win the game. And then I believe it was a Sunday game, and Snell is pitching the next game. And I remember tweeting out, all right, Snell, you got to go six innings in this game. I don't care if you give up five runs. You need to go six innings. You need to save the bullpen. Snell goes two-thirds of an inning. Can't get out of the first inning. I think the Padres were up 3 nothing too. And he gives up a couple of runs and can't get out of the first inning. I said to myself, I know it's only the first week of May, but I was like, dude, the way Snell's been pitching, like, we're in trouble because you just lost Morahan. Snell fucking can't go more than fucking five innings in a game. Like, he hadn't shown any time at that point in the season that he could go more than five innings. Basically, in the first half of the season, he couldn't go over five innings, which is a fucking joke for a number two pitcher. You traded Patino. You traded the kid from Georgia. Uh, I've had too many cocktails remember what his name is. And then you traded two catchers, you know, Blake Hunt and um, the other guy that we used to have from the Cleveland Indians. And it's just like, Fuck, dude, you gave up a lot to get Snell, which I was fine with because you're saying, hey, we need to win now. We have Machado in his prime now. I'm fine with that. I'm fine to give up some assets that, you know, would help you down the road when you're trying to win when Machado's fucking, you know, in his prime. Cool. But Snell had an ERA of 4.2. Now, the second half, Snell, he was fucking filthy. He was filthy. He was where I was like, okay, if that guy pitches like that next year and you get Darvish pitching like he did in the first half of the season, not only are the Padres going to make the playoffs, but they can beat anyone. If you have that, if you have those two guys going. So like I keep coming back to, Preller's either going to make or break this season, man. And those two guys, to me, are front and center of if he's going to make or break. Because if those guys just pitch like Snell had an ERA of 4.20, Darvish 4.22, if those guys are even close to those numbers, Padres aren't going anywhere. And to me, Proler's got to go. But if those guys pitch like Darvish did in the first half and Snell did in the second half, Proler's going to look like a fucking genius because they're going to win 95-plus games. Because they're going to dominate. Now, they gave up a lot to get Snell. I don't think they gave up too much to get Darvish. Um, but again, I liked both of those trades at the time that they did it. And if I had to guess, I would guess Snell's ERA is going to be around 3.6, Darvish 3.2, 3.3. And I think we're going to, you know, see a little more consistency out of the two. Now, I will say this on Snell. I think Snell, there was something personally, mentally going on with him because his stuff is electric. He was still 97, 98, you know, 98 to 96 on his fastball and his breaking ball was good, changeup. 
I guess he was kind of tipping his changeup in the first half of the season. But the second half of the season, I mean, he was filthy. Like, remember the Dodger games? Like, he would dominate the Dodgers. Like, he he looked like a big-time pitcher. Like, big games, he was he was throwing up bagels, and he was striking people out. If we get that this year, we're going to be fucking good. Now, one guy that even though if he doesn't even pan out, the trade was still, you know, worth it was – the Paddock, he traded Fernando Rodney. Like, like who gives a flying fuck, you know? Fernando Rodney is not going to help us like when we were going to be good, and plus he sucks. Now, Paddock had an ERA of 5.07 last year. Personally, I think he's going to be your breakout player this year. I really do. I think Paddock's going to have a big season this year. That being said, I am a little worried that we haven't heard you know, he got hurt at the end of the season, and it was one of those Padre things like, oh, he hurt his elbow, and uh, we're not going to talk about it for like a month, and then like go into the off season, and then we have the stupid lockout bullshit, and it's like, I mean, does he have Tommy John, you know, is, is his arm Dave DeVecchi, or oh, what's going on, and you know, Kevin Acey, he's not going to find out, and AJ Casavell, he's not going to find out, I mean, you're not going to get anything out of those two guys. Maybe you'll get something out of Dennis Lynn, but it's like, uh, is, he, is he good? Is, is his arm decapitated or what's going on here? If he's healthy, I think we're going to have a breakout season from Chris Paddock. I really do because I, I saw him throw his curveball a lot more last year, and I think he's going to throw it even more this coming up season. And we got a new pitching coach. I think our pitching coach last year was God fucking awful. I think some of these guys are going to have much better seasons. Um, Musgrove, you got to give credit to that one on A.J. Perler. He found a guy that we didn't trade that much to get him. He was fantastic. He's going into this coming up season, going into a contract season. If they don't sign him in this offseason, which I kind of expect they'll give him an extension, but if they don't, I mean, you got to figure he's in the best shape of his life. He's going in for a big contract. Got to expect he's going to have another big season. I don't know if he'll have as good of a year as he had last year, but he's probably going to have a pretty good season. Another guy that's kind of like on the fence on do you like the trade or do you hate the trade, as of right now, you have to kind of hate the Clevenger trade. I mean, you gave up Quantrill and Gabriel Arias. Like Those trades kind of look bad like as of now because Clevenger hasn't really pitched for us like he did. Look, when it happened, again, I'm not trying to be Monday quarterback. When it happened, I was like, hell yeah, let's, you know, we needed a number one or number two. We were going into that season, 2020, we knew we were going to make the playoffs. If we got a fucking legit pitcher who had pitched in the postseason, it was like, hey, we needed one of those guys going into a series against the Dodgers or whoever. In the playoffs, hell yeah, I wanted to get Clevenger. But then Clevenger blows out his arm. He has Tommy John. Um, and then Quantrill's been balling, you know, ever since he went to Cleveland. And, uh, I mean, I thought he was pretty good. I I thought he sucked in the minor leagues, but he started throwing different. But I don't uh, – or, I mean, whatever. I don't need to talk about that. But, look, Clevenger now is coming in. We need to get something out of him. Like, you can't just have another season like he had last year. He blows out his arm or – Look, if Clevenger has an ERA of 3.5 and he, you know, throws 120 innings this year, 130 innings, and he, and he you know, helps you out, then that trade's going to look a little different. And then if he pitches in the postseason, 
and, you know, is a big-time pitcher in the postseason, then, then you're going to look back at that trade and go, okay, it, it kind of worked out for us. This is what I mean by, like, make or break. But if he fucking sucks again, you're going to be like, dude, fuck, dude. Like, Preller gave up too much. Um, now, this isn't, like, a Preller thing, but, like, lament. Like, it's, it's almost like a make or break for lament coming up this season. I mean, I don't know why he didn't get the surgery, uh, you know, last October or last... November, but he didn't. And then, well, not last November, um, a year ago is November, but he didn't. So what are we going to get out of him this year? It's make or break for Lament. That's not really on an AJ Proler type, but I think you kind of understand where I'm, I'm getting at is if we get these pitchers to pitch like they're capable of and what they look like on paper, they're going to be really fucking good. But if A.J. Preller just gets a bunch of these guys and they just don't pan out and you tell me, well, the pitching coach sucks, well, that's still on A.J. Preller. You can't build like a, let's say, like a football team. I got a great quarterback. I got this old line. I got these receivers. But I got a shitty offensive coordinator. Well, you're still the general manager. You got to hire all of that, okay? So it's still on you. This is all on Preller, in my opinion. Another guy is, is Trent Grisham. When the trade happened, I was really excited for that trade because I said to myself, I was like, okay, I think Trent Garrison's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a really good defensive player. I think he's going to have some power. He's going to get on base. And we saw that in 2020. And I was like, dude, this trade, we fucking ripped him off. Because I didn't think Luis Urias was good. I watched him in the minor leagues. and I, He just like was swinging out of his ass. And he's like a little guy. I'm like, what are you doing? When he was... When he was like 19 and he was in double A and he was swinging for uh, singles and doubles, I was like, dude, this guy's good. This guy's going to get on base. He was walking. I was like, this guy's going to be a nice, you know, second baseman that gets on base and he's going to do some good things for us. And then he 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 went to triple A and, um, and he, he wanted to be a home run hitter. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I think the Padres got upset that he changed his swing and wanted to be a home run hitter. Well, he balled last year. He had, I think he had over 20 home runs. He he balled. Well, the year before, he sucked, and Trent Grisham balled. Well, Trent Grisham last year hit 247. He had an on base of 327 and an OPS of 740. He had a fucking terrible season offensively. I think a lot of it had to do with he came into spring training. He hurt his hamstring. He's a center fielder, a get-on-base guy, like wants to run. Uses athleticism. Excuse me. And I just think he had nagging, you know, hamstring problems all season long. And I think it just sucked. Well, I think I think Grisham and Paddock are, are going to be the Padres' breakout players this year. And if they are, I mean, Preller's going to look a lot better. Like, you didn't give up shit to get Paddock. And... Yeah, maybe you gave up Urias to get Grisham, but if Grisham is the player that he was in 2020, you're going to take that trade every time. You know, he, I mean, he was really good. I don't have the numbers, but Grisham was really good in 2020. A, he's a hell of a defensive player and plays center field. Um, Urias is more of a second baseman. He's not a shortstop or third base. And we got Tatis and Machado at those positions anyways. And, you know, we needed a center fielder. So you're going to take that trade every time. 
But if he plays like he did last year and gets hurt, and you're going to look at the trade and go, fuck, dude, that's another trade that you lost. Now, there's some other trades that, you know, obviously that um, Perler's won. I mean, I think he won the Shields uh, Tatis trade. I mean, that's to be determined, but, I mean, it looks like we're going to win that trade. And, um, you know, it looks like we're going to win the, you know, Cronenworth fam trade for, uh, I don't even remember, what did we give up? Uh, Renfro and... I don't even remember what else we gave up. Renfro and something else to Tampa Bay. I think we're going to win that one too. Cronenworth, I'll tell you this. Cronenworth, the first season that he had in 2020, I was like, ah, it's probably a fluke season. It was a 60-game season. Uh, teams didn't get, you know, scouting report on him. I didn't think he was going to have a good season, uh, you know, in 2021. He had a great season. He was an all. I think he was an all-star. I mean, he's an all-star player. He could play first base, second base, shortstop. I think he probably could play the outfield, you know, looking, you know, into the future. I mean, if we have to put him in the outfield, because we don't have any outfielders. We got Will Myers and you got Grisham right now. We don't have a left fielder. Don't give me this profile bullshit. That's something that Preller pisses me off on. I don't know if that's uh, Seidler just, that's part of Seidler though, just letting him, yeah, yeah, just sign a guy like Profar. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Um. Obviously, Myers and Hosmer's contracts are killing them. I don't know why only Hosmer gets blamed. You know, Myers' contract sucks too. Myers hasn't been good, guys. Myers has got $20 million on his contract. Um, we know what we got in those two guys. It isn't much. Uh, can they be what they were in 2020? I highly doubt it. Myers was really, really good in 2020 for that short 60-game season. I mean, he was hitting bombs. Um, Hosmer was really good too. I think Hosmer hit nine home runs in 37 games. That's basically one every four game. And then last year he hit 11 home runs in, I don't know, 130, 140 games. I mean, it was pathetic, but can one of them, you know, step it up and be a decent player? Maybe, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily count on it. I would count on them, you know, just being average at best. From those two. And then another guy is Nola. You know, we traded a lot to get Nola. Um, that guy needs to stay healthy. I mean, we need... He, offensively, he can hit. Like, you know, I think he can hit 15 home runs and hit 270 and have a decent on-base percentage. But can he stay healthy? Can he play? Like, we just... We traded a lot. Basically, what I'm going to wrap it up on is we traded... Preller traded a lot of guys... And at first, they all look. It looked the deals looked pretty good in 2020. 2021, they didn't look good. I think we're going to have an indictment of whether the deals, a lot of those deals, is you know, did he hit 55, 60 percent of them? If you hit 55, 60 percent, I mean, shit, it's like a gambler. That's good, man. That's fucking real good. I mean, obviously, some of you know who I'm all about, like gambling. Like that'll be fine. But if you're hitting 45, 40%, then you're going to be in trouble. And one thing I will say on Preller is he's drafted pretty well. You know, I mean, maybe not necessarily all the guys. The international signings, I think he kind of got screwed on Morahan. I think Morahan was going to be really good. He just got injured. There's nothing you could really do on that. Baez got injured. Uh, there's not much you could do on that. I mean, those are pitchers. And that's a thing like the Padres in June got – I believe the 15th pick in the draft, I would love for them to take a pitcher because, 
you could just never have enough pitching. Um, Abrams, obviously, and Hassel haven't come up, but those guys, I believe he got, what did he get Abrams at? Six, I want to say, and then Hassel at nine, I want to say, somewhere around there. I mean, both of them are on most rankings. Hassel's a top 20, 25 prospect, and then Abrams is top five on everyone's rankings. I mean, they haven't played, so you don't know, but, you know, those guys look pretty damn fucking good. Um, I think they're going to be ballers. I think I think the Padres have a better chance of being better in 2023. I kind of keep saying that one more year, one more year, but I don't know. You get a left fielder. I, I don't know how they're going to do the salaries, but I think they got enough pitching. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they need pitching. I mean, a reliever, in my opinion, they need a closer. Go get a closer, but I, I mean, uh, they got enough starters, in my opinion. I know last year was a disaster as far as the starters go, but I mean, you got Clevenger, you got Nick Martinez, that's two. You got Darvish Snell, that's four. Musgrove's five. Uh, I mean, Paddock, six. I don't know if I already said Paddock. And then maybe Moron in the second half. Maybe Mackenzie Gore in the second half. Maybe Ryan Weathers in the second half. Did I say Nick Martinez? I don't know. Um, I think they got enough middle relievers. You know, they got a guy, the Garcia guy, I think. I mean, uh, what's that pitcher from Arkansas? Whatever. So I think they got enough, like, middle relievers. You know, Pierce Johnson's really good. Uh, they can get it to – but can they? do they have a closer? Pomeranz is another guy on um, – Thinking of Preller, like he gave him that huge contract. He was really good in 2020. He didn't really pitch last year. Let's see if he comes back this year and pitches and is a dominant eighth inning guy. If he is, then you're going to look into, at that contract and go, yeah, it was kind of worth it. But it's make or break. So I think it's make or break for Preller. If they don't fucking win, you know, 85, minimum 85 plus games this year, then he needs to fucking go. I think it was very encouraging, though. I will say this, because I was done with Preller. I was like, nah, I'm fucking done. It was very encouraging that he got Bob Melvin. You know, he got, you know, um, I think it's Mike Schmidt or whatever it is, you know, to be on the roster or coach. You know, he got a highly respected pitching coach, apparently. I don't know anything on him. I mean, to get Bob Melvin, I mean... That was big for this organization, in my opinion. They haven't had a proven manager since Bruce Bochy. He got a proven manager. Well, even Bruce Bochy wasn't a proven manager until he did what he did in San Diego, but that's huge. So we'll see what we got. Um, help me out, you know. Retweet this if you like it. If you think it sucked, you want to tell me to fuck off, go ahead. Uh, what have you. But... I think it's going to be an intriguing Padre season. I think we're going to get that Suzuki or whatever guy that's overseas. I don't know what his name is. I don't know anything on him. I just got a feeling the Padres are going to get him. Oh, another guy uh, on Preller is Kim. 
Like, you paid him four years, $28 million. You need to find out on him. I don't know if he sucks. I know he's a hell of a defensive player. I mean, gold glove. You put, you put him out there every day, he's a gold glover. Second base, shortstop, wherever. Gold glover. Can he hit, though? You gave him $28 million. It's make or break, dude, Preller. That's not like we need to find out on these guys. Like, this is the season. It's no more like we've seen flashes from all these guys. You've seen flashes from Clevenger. You've seen flashes from Snell. You've seen flashes from Darvish. You've seen flashes even from Hosmer and Myers. You've seen flashes. I mean, I'm not expecting anything out of them or not too much. I think you know what you got in them. But you've seen flashes in those guys. You've seen um, Paddock. You've seen, uh, you know, what have you, uh, Kim. It's make or break, dude. Grisham. Grisham's a great example. It's make or break, dude. Like, you can't go into next season. Like, let's say they win. They go 83 and 79. Don't make the playoffs. Like, uh, sorry, Preller. You're the last one, dude. You can't fire Jace Tingler anymore. It's you. And Siler. Oh, another thing. Siler spent all the money, dude. Siler spent all the fucking money that you could ask for. So... It's make or break on you, brother. All right. To the next time. Help me out, though. Let's get uh, some more views here. So I feel like, you know, worthwhile doing this. All right. To the next time. Good night now.